Neighbours. Hi, it's Vaya and welcome to a bonus episode, a mini episode of Neighbours. In a typical episode, we have a yarn about the five most recent episodes that aired, but I thought I would just drop a little mini app and break down one particular story arc of the week on Neighbours. And I think the uh, incident we need to discuss is the birth of the devil spawn. And I've got a little help with this from one of our Patreon patrons who is at Moneybags level, Paul Robinson level. I have Hayley Charlesworth, better known as Father Bananas. Hello. Hi. Uh, because I didn't have an episode planned for this week, but then this massive event happened and I thought I couldn't wait another week to discuss it, mainly because I had some logistical issues with the whole excursion to the shack. Do you want to talk us through why we found ourselves in a shack in outer suburban Melbourne this week? Uh, well, basically it's just really lazy religious imagery for Paige to give birth in a manger. Uh, but in terms of the show, Paige wants to go back to the shack where she slept with a priest with dubious consent considering she um, had just jumped out of a hot air balloon and was suffering hypothermia um, because it's about to get destroyed. So she ropes in Susan, who is kind of, I don't know whether poisoned is the right word, but poisoned by vitamins. <laughs> and her sister, who has a broken pelvis and leg to go into the middle of the bush. And we all know our neighbours, if you go to the bush, shit's going to go down. So Paige goes to the shack, uh, sits there for a while, doesn't notice the dog collar artfully laid on the ground, unfortunately. Um, and then she goes into labour because whenever you're in a precarious situation with Susan and you're part of the Turner family, you go into labour. Yeah, truth. And okay, so there's a lot, there's a lot in that. There's, let's just dissect that so far. So uh, when last we saw this shack, I'm putting it in inverted commas, uh, it was last year and it was at conception. It was at Immaculate Conception or uh, Sullied Conception. Paige had leapt, for, leapt from a hot air balloon, leaving her family back up there. And the gathering at the birth reminded me a lot of the gathering at the hen's night that went up in that hot air balloon because it was just a weird collection of people that don't normally hang out together. Oh, and, yeah. Didn't think of that. Yeah. So she just leapt to her doom but then survived and was yeah, plucked out of the drink by Father Father who decided to um, just have his way with her before she could really be checked over by a medical team page they yeah he took off the dog collar left it in the the hay there was hay in this little mm. hut and also this like sort of rough looking blanket that didn't look comfortable at all that he wrapped her in which i think was still there this oh, week then it'd still be there i mean if they had used a condom that would probably still be in the hay it was untouched it was like the owner of mm. this shack just went we'll just preserve it as is as the start quite good for the the set team because I saw a backstage video where they had actually destroyed the shack set. So oh, they must yeah. have rebuilt it very accurately, which isn't common in Neighbours. So well done to the set team. I mean, I guess they wouldn't throw those props away. They Maybe they just had those hay bales sitting in um, the handy woman's yard or something. <laughs> uh, so Paige sees a notice in the newspaper about how this th th there's obviously evil developers Whenever anything on Neighbours has to be rebuilt, it's always because of evil developers. It's never just, oh, 
we don't want a shack here in this bit of land anymore. As long as it doesn't turn into another bloody hotel, I don't care. (laughs) And also geographically, this isn't the bush. This is maybe 40, 45 minutes from, I guess, the inner suburbs. Because remember Jimmy flew a drone out there and it didn't take him that long to get his drone out there. Yeah, is this the same area then where um, Susan collapsed and Doug just kind of walked away? No, I think that uh, during the heat wave, the deadly heat wave, I think that was only about 10, 15 minutes from Erinsborough because she was just going to drive him to the nearest shopping mall to keep cool. And the nearest shopping centre to Erinsborough is only about 10 minutes away. So I'm very confused as to how everything starts looking a bit semi-rural. And plus, so Paige wants to ha- go and have this bonding moment with this love shack, the manger. Let's just call it the manger. In her, I guess she's between eight and nine months pregnant. She just wants to hang out there. Just Yeah, she doesn't really do much. She just kind of lies down. Do you really need to go to the place of conception to have a lie down? She um didn't, like I thought she would have taken some photos. Or, like, well, what was she going to do just to show the child, this is where we did it? <laughs> yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit disturbing, especially with the whole kind of, Supposed religious iconography, but it's not like Joseph and Mary shagged in the manger as well. <laughs> yeah, it's not like they found a donkey and said, take us to the place where we boned. <laughs> I wish actually Paige had taken a donkey because she was there was half an episode dedicated to her trying to get a lift to the love shack and she was asking around and no, like Ellie wasn't there and Piper couldn't drive and it, I almost wanted her to take some kind of animal out there. The donkey would have been more use than Susan and Piper, to be fair. It was a hot mess. It was so, Paige also, they drive up and just park by the side of the road and then leave this heavily pregnant woman to wander off into the wilderness unaided. I know Susan wasn't feeling great, but she should have gone with her, I think. Yeah, at that point, she was feeling well enough to just wander down with her. She didn't have to sit in the love shack with Paige and take in the ambience. Yeah, she could have just waited outside, enjoyed a bit of nature, probably would have done her vitamin poisoning some good. Okay, I don't understand as well why they were all out of phone signal. I went to a wedding on the weekend in the Dandenongs, which is sort of a mountainous region of Victoria, and it's about an hour away from from the inner suburbs of Melbourne. Maybe it was a similar, a similar geographic location to the love shack. And we, a bunch of us lost signal because we were up in the mountains. But if I walked back to my car 10 minutes away from the main building, I would have had signal again. It's not like I'd lost signal for, you know, forever. If I wanted to make a call, I'd pop out to the car and it would be fine. And also not everyone at the wedding lost phone reception. The people that were with better phone companies all had signal. So I don't know, unless Piper, Susan and Paige were all with Optus, I don't understand why they couldn't dial emergency services. Well, when Piper, uh, spoiler alert, but when Piper did eventually drive, she did seem to drive back to the exact same location and suddenly had (laughs) one bar of reception. And I should have Googled this. Maybe I'll Google it while we're talking. But I'm pretty sure there's a way to get through to emergency services, even when you don't have signal. Maybe that's wishful thinking. I think, although if there's no phone signal, it's even less likely that there's Wi-Fi there. But um, I think Piper had an iPhone. And I know an iPhone, if you can't get a signal and you need to ring emergency services, it'll call them through Wi-Fi. Oh. So 
No, maybe there's a an internet router inside the shack. I don't know. <laughs> and why is there a shack? I just that uh, that also that a shack that's unattended and open for the public to just wander in and and just be pensive. Oh, but there's always something like that. When there was a whole bush fire, there was an unattended shack. Oh, when was this one? Um, when what was his name? Carmela's husband died. Oh. Yeah, I just remember. It's very vague memory, but I just remember. I think it was Paul just stumbling upon this shack. So <laughs> it, it just seems like Melbourne is full of unattended shacks. Maybe they are like build, building them as Wi-Fi hotspots or something, or maybe there's some kind of. <laughs> Possibly. Maybe there's a design feature that no one's aware of yet. I'm just having a quick look to see about the emergency services and lack of signal. When you are out of your service provider's coverage area, but in another carrier's mobile coverage area, your call will be carried on the other carrier's network. Uh, But if there is no mobile coverage, you will not be able to reach the emergency service via a mobile phone. Okay. So really, I just think she should have picked up Susan's phone and tried that. Hmm. That's assuming Susan brought her phone because, as we know, Susan's not in her right mind at the minute. And she just jumped straight in with all her yoga gear. She didn't even go into the house to change. Yeah. She just yeah, she's got me a bit sweaty. Yeah, I've come from yoga, but that's fine. I'll drop you over to your love shack and I don't need anything from my house. We'll just go as is. Now, okay, so Paige's waters break. Firstly, mm. she's, in, she's in a very ill-thought-out piece of fashion she's in a a maxi dress and some sneakers the sneakers are fine but you're gonna go for a wander in the bush maybe pop some leggings on or something Uh, but I guess then how would if you give birth and you're in leggings it's not a an as elegant a shot watching Dr Carl many years ago um I can't remember which character it was um but someone will remember there was a character who gave birth through her dungarees Ooh, so it's possible I think it was a Martin, but I'm not sure which one. Dungaree baby. All right. Well, tweet us at NeighboursPod if you can remember the dungaree birth. Now, okay, so that took a lot of breaking down. So Paige's waters break TV cliche style, which uh, a lot of my pregnant friends will attest to the fact that their waters tend to not really break. It just kind of, it's all just part of it. That it, There's not a big puddle of water and suddenly you're in labour. Usually you'll just feel your contractions first, I'm told. So... This is where I wonder why Paige doesn't get up and stroll back to the car. Yeah, I mean, when your waters do break, it doesn't mean it's about to come out there and then, especially if it's breached. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's got several hours. And she said it was a 10-minute walk. She had the use of her legs and she could, even if she didn't, she could probably crawl back to the car, which I would be doing if I was going into labour with a problematic pregnancy in the middle of nowhere and help was 10 minutes away. My cousin, she was about to head off on my sister's Henry when she went into labour and she still stayed in the house and carried on having a laugh. She didn't have it for five more days. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, actually, I spoke to a cousin today at a family event. She was talking about her five-year-old who was sitting nearby and said, remember when I went into um, labour with Estelle, I was having contractions and I dropped in at your brother's 21st. And she did and she stayed for lunch and we were all like, um, don't you need to go? She goes, nah, I'm fine. I've got plenty of time. In fairness, my other cousin um, did give birth half an hour before, uh, half an hour after she went into labour, but this was her fifth child. <laughs> <laughs> but 
unless you're first, it tends to take a while. And they they often send you back. They're like, nah, you're here too early. Go for a walk. At this point, we've got hashtag woozy Sues, which I believe Kate coined on Twitter at Remude. Woozy Sues is going to check on Paige, but she's a little bit wobbly. So she finds out Paige is in labour and she kind of wobbles back and everyone's a little bit uncertain as to what to do. And then Piper realises that she's going to have to do something because Woozy Sues ain't no good to anybody. And so Piper's solution is hop into the driver's seat and try to drive. And this is the point where Piper – I actually had to fast forward this bit because I couldn't watch because Piper's pain acting was too real. She like adjusted the seat and like concertinaed her leg back to being fractured again or something. Yeah, that was very good. Um, She she does a good screen. Um, I do really like Mavani. I think that her best material is on Pipe Up. Oh, yeah. Um, The one where she was in hospital after the – accident was really good and I was just like you need as much as I don't want to see Piper in so much pain I was like you need to use this more because she's very good at it I can't wait to in a few years see her on like Game of Thrones or something because like they're gonna just torture her and she's gonna nail it and it's gonna be gruesome (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't watch it when she re-broke her leg or her pelvis basically it was heinous and so she drives them back to get help or to get signal and while they're parked on the road, Father Father and Dr. Carl come back because they couldn't get onto Paige and Susan and so they got worried and so they went for a drive. Yeah, it did take them a while though, didn't it? It was several hours after Paige decided to go up there and it's like, there's not really much to do at the shack. They should have been back before now. And I like that when they started to get worried, they didn't immediately leave. Jack says, let's have another coffee. <laughs> I mean, it's good for the business, good for the Rebecca's new business, but maybe get on the road, guys, and get a drive through coffee. Dippy makes good coffee. What can I say? <laughs> now... I wanted to speak for a moment about why Paige wanted to go au naturel. And we've spoken before on Neighbours about how we picked Paige as a more get in, get out, cesarean, get it done, do what you need to do. And I'm really bewildered as to why she's suddenly Mother Earth. I don't want drugs. I don't want interference. I want to have this baby. Um, She did have like two weeks of being all save the trees. Oh, yes. Right, with uni. The nipple stage. I think she was campaigning against Sonia or something. I I don't know. It didn't make much sense. Oh, that's right. Yeah, if any of the Turner children should have wanted a natural birth, it would be Amber with her whole hippie rain thing. Definitely. When when Amber joined the cult, that's when she would have learned a thing or two. Rain would have, yeah, told her about being hippy-dippy in nature. The only justification I can think of, because I always delve back into the character's origin story and I think they could have worked it in um, in a better way, is if she had some kind of trauma associated with the fact that she was essentially kidnapped when she was born and taken from her mother and given to a new family and maybe she had some kind of paranoia like I don't want anyone taking my kid like I got taken. I want to be 100% conscious for this entire procedure and I don't want any interference. They did kind of touch on that um, when she did wake up in the hospital because the baby wasn't in the same room as her. Oh, yeah, that was well done, I thought. But at the same time, 
it's going to be either Carl or David delivering that baby. They're not going to kidnap it. <laughs> they live on the same street. Where would they put it? <laughs> Carl's not shelling out for another mouth to feed in his household. Yeah, so I was a little disappointed that they didn't have they didn't kind of link it back to how she came into the world. So Carl and Jack are straight down to business. They hop into the into the love shack. And Carl looks about at what he's got with him. And did he have his doctor's bag? I don't know, because he was in Jack's car. He had a very tiny bag, which I don't think would be much help. I mean, my mum's a paramedic. Her bag for when she attends things like, well, she's delivered about as many babies as Dr. Carl, I reckon. (laughs) But her bag is huge. He had a little kind of first aid kit. I mean, you're not going to put a plaster on it. And as we, spoiler alert, learn later in the week, the size of the kid she delivers will need more than one plaster slash (laughs) band-aid. It looks like it's about 18 months old. Yeah, and um, I've I've made an art for The Art of Neighbours on Facebook, which is essentially the kid from Honey, I Blew Up the Kid to scale and page way down below looking at her new son. (laughs) Well, I suppose the son of God would be larger than life. Hmm. So the baby is born and I think born without an umbilical cord. Either that or Carl like ripped through it with his teeth (laughs) while he was under that lovely orange dress. Yeah, I noticed a few people on Twitter lamenting the fact that he didn't seek out a power tool to get that done. (laughs) Drilling through the umbilical cord. That should be part of his little kit now. He should just never be without a drill. He'd need a bigger bag. (laughs) Uh, so then we have this moment of Father Father ripping off the shirt. So last time it was the collar, this time it's the shirt, and which Carl uses to wrap up the baby. And then they missed a trick there, though. They what? should have had him wearing the collar, so he could have taken the collar off again to remove the shirt. Oh yeah, because he's yeah he should have been in the middle of his priesting workday, and he always gets about in that collar. Yeah, that would have been and awesome. he could have thrown his collar on top of the other collar that's already in the room. It would have been perfect. <laughs> so they carry her out to the ambulance. Of course, Melbourne's paramedics getting a bad rap once again by arriving after the emergency has happened. Yeah, that's that's not very realistic at all. I don't know what to say about the paramedics because Carl is always there first. No matter where it is in our state, geographically, he'll be there. And if it's not Carl, it'll now be David. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, it would be nice if David trained up in obstetrics so that we did have a justification for some for one of the resident doctors that we know always delivering babies. But he, at the same time, he has kind of got brain damage at the minute, so I, I wouldn't trust him with my baby. <laughs> I, for some, for some, part of me still trusts him more than Carl. Well, yeah, he doesn't use power tools. Yeah, I'm so. n- I'm never going to be the same after I saw what he did to Ellie. I mean, what's her name? Regan. That was Freudian. Regan, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, now let's go to postpartum. This is the 31st of May and Jack carries the baby through the hospital and Paige has passed out, so they've transferred her to emergency and she's unconscious. Have we been given a reason why she's unconscious? I just assumed it was the stress of childbirth. There was nothing else because it's just assumed that if a woman gives birth in the middle of nowhere with no medical aid, she just immediately passes out, never to wake up. Either that or 
because of the horrible way it was burst, there was some quite drastic ripping. Well, so cute giant baby, honey, I blew up the kid. Mm. I know it's very tricky to find, firstly, find newborn babies to work with and secondly, work with them in a way that's humane. (laughs) But it's not impossible to have a small baby and to use that baby for a couple of hours to get the shots that you need. I worked on a production that called for a newborn baby and uh, one of our production staff knew someone who had a baby who was three weeks old and we called that person in and we only had two shots that we needed. We kept the set really quiet. The baby came in for an hour. We got those two shots and see you later. That was, it was not hard. It was not the most effective way to shoot but there is absolutely no way that a, a show like Neighbours couldn't have either – cast a small baby or a younger baby for the three shots that we saw that baby in. Yeah, that baby is like on the verge of being a toddler baby. <laughs> that baby's like Nell's contemporary. Did you have anything else at this point at Erinsborough Hospital? I love the return of Lauren. <gasps> yes. First... Without Brad. It was beautiful. Okay. That needs a minute. So, oh, firstly, my only other thing about Erinsborough Hospital was the fact that they were at Erinsborough Hospital. They weren't at hospital local to the Love Shack manger. Well, obviously. There's no other hospital. Um, I mean, mean, they were in the maternity ward because we knew that because there were stickers on the walls. You mean they just replaced the sticker saying Carl Kennedy's office with one saying maternity ward? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. And a few storks and teddy bears and things. Okay, so Lauren, who was supposed to be Paige's birthing partner, okay, when was she supposed to have flown down to do that? What was their plan? Was Lauren just going to wait to get a text saying, I'm in a bit of pain, do you want to get on a plane? Like, see you at the hospital? How long would it take to fly down from Queensland? It's a two-hour flight. So allow an hour either side of that to, you know, get to the airport, check in, get your bags, leave your bags, get a taxi, get an Uber, whatever you need to do. I love that Brooke Butler took an Uber the other week. That was awesome. Yeah, four hours seems reasonable, but you also need to add in kind of Lauren getting cover for whatever it is she's doing up in Queensland because, as we know, Ned and Brad are in Thailand for some reason. Oh, yeah, we'll have a minute. Let's have a full minute on that. So, yeah, she theoretically she's looking after her other granddaughter while Blander's at work. So what she would, you know, go take the baby back to its mother, book a flight, get on a plane. So, yeah, really she'd have four or five hours to do that. But also nowhere in this emergency did anybody call Gina Liano, Paige's adoptive mother. She probably doesn't even know she's a grandma yet. (laughs) She probably didn't even, well, she sent, she sent the nappy bag, so at least we know Gina knows Paige is pregnant. Lauren could have left Matilda with Kathy, but Kathy has got a reputation, so <laughs> maybe that's what took the time. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Madison, they could have drove driven over to Madison and she could have helped. So that's, Blue's up there now? Yep. So there's just a lot of, I've got a lot of confusion about all of that. Yeah, let's just hit on Drab and Ned jumping over to Thailand for a... For a tattoo convention. Tatcon. I'm calling it Tatcon. I like it, Tatcon, with 
Brad's one tiny poison tattoo on his ring finger. <laughs> where he'll really fit in with all those tattoo artists. I didn't think he was involved in the business. I thought he was just going up to help Ned set up. Well, I guess what else is he going to do? It's the middle of the school year. Maybe There's probably no teaching positions going. Surf. Surf. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of water. So imagine walking into that tattoo parlor and you want to you want to get ink. It's just like two guys with four tattoos between them, none of which are visible. <laughs> so, like, even though Lauren was lamenting the fact that they were away, she's like, "Why did he have to book this tattoo this tattoo trip?" Yeah, surely they could have just waited and said, "Well, let's not book anything until Paige has had her baby," because you know Amber might need us, Paige might need us. We don't know. Like Ned's got the shops. That assumes that. Brad thinks of someone other than himself. Yeah, good point. Uh, and Piper, his daughter, his other daughter's been like shattered from the waist down, and he hasn't come to pay her any visits. Oh, that doesn't matter. Once you move, nobody cares. Lauren's breaking the rules here. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do love the fact that they've done some kind of contract negotiation and put one more episode for her back in. That was genius. So, oh, and then, of course, all she does while she's here is yell at Father Father, which is gold. Beautiful. I love it. I love it so much. And then she eventually feels sorry for him because... Oh, no, that bit I don't like as much. It's all his fault. Yeah, he had one job. Don't don't let your the mother of your baby drive off into the wilderness with uh, an injured teenager and... Well, he didn't even know that Susan had gone, but she knew she was taking Piper. But, yeah, drive off into the wilderness so close to the baby's due date and just to frolic around. He had another and- job, though. His uh, other job was don't have sex with people when you're a priest. <laughs> father, father, you had two jobs. So, yeah, it was great to see Lauren. I do miss her a lot. A couple of other beats that we'll hit on. I know we're talking about the devil spawn. Oh, I don't know his name yet. I haven't looked up any spoilers. Uh, oh, I do know his name. So, I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay. Can you tell me if I – do you think I'm going to like it? Do you think – is it something that's spelt correctly? Yeah, it's spelt correctly. It's a nice name, but I want lots and lots of really religious middle names like yeah. Yahweh and Emmanuel. <laughs> Is it a noun? You know, is it like willow or rain? No, no, it's not hippie. It is a name from the Bible. Ooh, okay, that's a good clue. All right, I'll look forward to um, Methuselah's arrival. (laughs) Bethesda. (laughs) I mean, I guess I didn't get a good look at the baby, but maybe it was a really good face match to Paige, so that's why he got the, maybe that's why he got the role. I don't know. It's not a Toadie and Nell situation. Yeah, it's no, just a generic baby. Yeah, they hit the jackpot with Toadie and Nell. So that'll cover the, the arrival of the Devil Spawn to Erinsborough. Uh, but there is one more thing um, about Father Father deciding to give up being a father to become a father. Oh, yes, that little thing. I The reason I forgot about that was because it kind of all happened off camera. He has... Yeah, he kind of mentioned it to to Amy and then we've not heard anything since. Can you explain? I'm not quite sure I remember much of it. <laughs> so he... Um, it wasn't most exciting. He was just a bit teary and he was saying that now he's held his son 
he can't be a priest anymore. It, it's a bit late when his son, when he knew he was having a son, he probably should have stopped then. Yeah, he's decided that he couldn't give everything he he had to the church because he needed to give it all to his child now. And he said he had this epiphany while he was holding his baby. It would have been nice. I mean, we saw him hold the baby and bring the baby in. Well, we saw him hold a bundle of blankets and carry them into the hospital. It would have been nice to have him maybe even talk to the baby and have that moment with us because it's pretty huge and we've been waiting for it for quite a while. But for him to casually just throw it to Amy and go, yeah, I'm done now. Church over. And to the person that... I am looking forward to him explaining this to Bishop Verde. Yes. And the the fact that he confessed it to the one person he converted to. Yeah, and she was fine with it. She She's all about Ganesh now. <laughs> she's moved on. I do think she's holding a little candle to Father Father still. I think she's jealous as when she uh, accused him of still having feelings for baby mama. Oh, they had so much more chemistry. Definitely. More chemistry than Amy and her brother too, so that works out. <laughs> so I think that's as far as I needed to go with the the devil spawn birth, but there are some great other things that happen during the week that we might cover in future episodes in the next episode of Neighbours, uh, namely Fry Gay, because I haven't watched Fry Gay. Oh, you're in for a treat. And I am thrilled with the return of T Quizzle. He's stirring some stuff up. You will like that. Yeah, I'm really pumped. So I might get the Neighbours Gabers to weigh in and send a voice memo. Like I'll get the Pop Chops guys to have a little look at Fry Gay and let us know what they think. Oh, they'll be all over Fry Gay. <laughs> Everything that they talked about in their last episode is present. So it'll be brilliant. <laughs> and and then I guess we will cover at some point the ceramic pig of Sonia having vanished, which was just a sea storyline. Yeah. Although one thing that um, it was Rachel, Rachel J. Ryan on Twitter, she noticed that the address in her arrest record is a real place, which <gasps> probably isn't <laughs> the best thing for neighbours to have done. Really? What's, what place? I don't know. It's just someone's house. Oh, They've wow. someone's real address. That's oh, another dark day for Erinsborough Police. <laughs> it's another dark day for Channel 11. <laughs> They'll just get people rocking up. They'll have to get a 24-hour security guard like Pinot Court has. So <laughs> It'll be the next location on the tour. Yeah. <laughs> well, what we might do is we might leave it with, we've had a voice memo actually to neighbourspod at gmail.com from Crafty Ali Bobs, Alison on Twitter, and she is going to go on a little rant about Milzy and <laughs> his ascent to the Iron Throne of Aaron's Brahai's principalship. <laughs> Milsey Lannister. <laughs> and how he declared that to the school. So we'll go out with Alison. But Hayley, thank you so much for recapping that with me. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, and also, by the way, you're, you're from Manchester, in case people didn't pick up on that with yeah. <laughs> your accent. Uh, how, what's the vibe there at the moment? Um, it's actually really good, which sounds odd. I went down to the memorial on Friday, which was a bit emotional, but... We're having concerts and everything. It's all very... The best thing is that lots of people are having, which Ned should get into, really. Everyone's <laughs> having the Manchester Bee tattooed oh. on themselves. All the money for the tattoos is going towards the appeal. Oh, that's so, beautiful. Yeah, Ned should get on that. <laughs> yeah, that's but, that's yeah, where they... Things are good at the minute. Everyone's kind of... Well, it's just, it's just what Manchester's like. We're all just upset, but defiant. 
Haley, thank you so much. We'll hear from you again soon. Okay, cool. And everybody, make sure you follow Father Bananas on Twitter. Oh, you should plug your Redbubble shop too. Someone asked about it on our Facebook group. Oh, yeah, someone asked me to do a design of the all the Rebecca fish, which went up the other day. So you did it? Have a look at that. Oh. Yeah, I, I did it um, this week. Um, I left out gemfish because she didn't fit on and she's the worst one. So And a gemfish sounds made up. Yeah, I think it is a real fish. It's real, but, but it sounds fake. Yeah, so all of the Rebecca fish apart from gemfish are on there. So it's redbubble.com slash fatherbananas? Yes. Awesome. Thanks, Hayley, and we'll speak to you soon. Okay, bye. Hi, neighbours. It's at Crafty Alibobs. Alison here. This is my first voice memo because I'm just so, so mad with Finn and I just need to share the pain with someone else. So, ignoring all his evil, dastardly schemes, the thing that is just driving me mad is he's been promoted to assistant principal. His job is to continue the running of the school if the principal is not in. How many days has Susan been off sick for? Like, one day, two days, and he's announcing, not in an assembly, not in the classroom, in the playground, he's announcing that suddenly he's in charge. What? Susan's capable of being on the end of the phone or emailing. Over here in the UK, if the head teacher, the principal, isn't in, then there's a chain of people who were responsible for the day-to-day running, and then at the end of the day or the week, they report back to the head. I mean, even I've been in charge when the head and the assistant and the deputy, they've all been off, and it's just been like, hey, Alison, can you just make sure if anything happens, give me a ring. So why on earth is he announcing to the kids this is happening? Surely his job is that if Susan was out on a course, she was doing some training, she was going to a meeting, that he'd be the next of call, so it should just be totally normal. She's all sick. But anyway, it's been one day. Ah, anyway, that's really annoying. Second thing is, when Carl and Ellie were discussing the pills that she found, he says, oh, there's no label on them because I don't want anyone to find out when I have them at school. Number one, why does he need to take them at school? And why would anyone see them if he's got to put them away in his bag? And surely Dr. Carl should be going, uh, unlabeled medicines are kind of dangerous. What if a teenager finds them and goes, ooh, mystery pills, fun. What is his duty of care to the children to be carrying around anonymous pots of medicine and not locking them away in his bag or putting them in his, locking them in his desk or keeping them in a secure, safe place? Serious child protection failure there, Finn. Forget that he's trying to bully Ellie and he's trying to drug Susan just there's stuff that Susan could be writing on her iPad and Ellie could be writing down about how he's being unprofessional I mean the rest of it I'm still pretty mad he's trying to attack lovely Susan yeah turning Xanthi against everyone that's all bad but the procedures he's complaining about Susan yet he's not following proper procedures either yeah rant over thanks neighbours bye Thanks, Alison, and thanks for listening to this bonus mini episode. Please let us know if you want me to do more of these and if you want to be involved, neighbourspod.com or throw us an email, join the Facebook group. It's all neighbourspod. And if you'd like to support the podcast um, with more than just good vibes, then you can, you know, let your wallet do the talking if you want, patreon.com slash neighbourspod. 
So get amongst it. And all that stuff goes towards, we always joke about how we use it to buy food, but that's not really what (laughs) I use that for. There are website hosting fees and um, I just bought some new equipment and it's all just usually boring admin and technical stuff. The food is just an added extra. But thanks as always. And uh, I'm going to catch you next week with a new full episode of Neighbours. Thanks, guys.